This is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know it, I'm telling you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments from my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Scott. Okay. Welcome everyone to Hans Shop First. I'm Jeff, joined as usual by Scott and Alex. Say hello. Hello. Hey. This week we're talking about Moulin Rouge! Exclamation point! Yeah. Uh, I thought we were talking about Spectacular Spectacular. Yeah, I... <laughs> Baz Luhrmann does like to throw stupid shit in his movie titles. <laughs> but he's this, there's Romeo plus Juliet. Mm-hmm. Let us not there's forget. The Great Gatsby? Come on. Um, all right. Well, this came out in 2001, as Scott mentioned, directed and written by Baz Luhrmann and, and also written by Craig Pierce, starring Nicole Kidman, Ewan McGregor, John Leguizamo, and others. Jim Jim Broadbent, Richard Roxburgh. There you go. Um, Scott, this is your pick. Why don't you talk about it a little bit? So I had no idea uh, what this movie was or about um, way back when it was in the theaters, a friend of mine um, took me to see it, and I fucking loved it. Uh, way out of left field for me. Uh, I don't know if I had known I was going in to, to see a musical, maybe I wouldn't have even liked it as much as I did. Uh, yeah, I saw it in the theaters uh, with a, a friend of mine, and uh, yeah, I was very surprised <laughs> by, by by what this was. Cause I hadn't heard anything about this movie. Okay. And so you did see it in the theaters. So cool. Yes. yes. Um, I did not see the theaters. I saw it probably a few years later. Like I, it didn't win. It was nominated for Oscars or something, right? It didn't win. Yes. Or did it, yeah, it was yeah. nominated for a few. Yeah. Okay. So I think I heard about that. You probably talked about it, and then I saw it. Uh, I knew it was a musical. Still watched it. Not my kind of thing, but we'll talk about it. Um, Alex. Um, I, for the longest time, I thought Scott introduced me to this movie, but in watching it, I think I saw it separately. And then I, Scott and I talked about it later and then watched it a few times. Uh, but I also enjoyed it. It's the, usually not my cup of tea, but this movie won me over. All right. I think this movie single-handedly, uh, allows me to give musicals a chance. But well, <laughs> it's South Park. That's South Park. For it's me. South Park. Yeah, yes. <laughs> but you know, uh, overwhelmingly, I think I can't get through most musicals. So. Yeah. That may be for you. And uh, Les Miserables is what closed me off for all musicals <laughs> for eternity. Um, but we'll, we'll talk about it. You all mean, right, uh, Miss Miss Miserables. Yes, Miss Miserables. Um, all right, well, let's talk about it. Uh, as usual, we're just going to go about seven items from the movie. Scott, why don't you leave us off? Which number seven? Okay, so I pretty much enjoyed like every single musical number in this movie. Uh, but I didn't want to, to fill out my list with it. Um, that said, the the one um, that that is simultaneously, I, I don't know, kind of, <laughs> I, I wouldn't say dated, but uh, definitely anchored. Um, is the love medley on top of the elephant, uh, where they're just basically taking lines from I don't know how many different, at least a dozen different love songs, and they string it all together into one musical number, 
uh, between Ewan McGregor and Nicole Kidman. Satine. Satine. Uh, yeah, I, I I really enjoyed the the, the pop culture pop culture pastiche that was going on there. I wonder if if now I, I would probably think it was a little too precious. Uh, but precious. Uh, yeah, at the time I'm like, oh yeah, I recognize all these songs and uh, mm-hmm. kind of stuck with me. Uh, I, my my enjoyment of it. Um, and and you get more of that set piece, uh, which is which is fantastic. The elephant set piece that they have, the elephant apartment, uh, and yeah, and then it finishes with the uh, the moon singing at them, which <laughs> which again was such <laughs> it was a lot of weird stuff going on in the background uh, in a lot of these scenes, and that was definitely one of them. Uh, but I still liked it. I I still to this day wonder if it was supposed to be some famous singer, Italian singer that was doing it, but. Uh, yeah, the, the moon sings in the beginning. Like All right. Sounds good. That was, yeah. Okay, Alex, number seven. <laughs> uh, my number seven is more of a personal thing right now because uh, there's a lot of, um, well, let's just say depressing stuff going on. And I just not was not in the mood for another tragedy, like in my movies. Uh, I'm generally not like a, a a tragedy sort of guy, but especially this time. But <laughs> yeah. I, I generally don't, you know, feed off miseries of others. But this time, I especially don't. Yeah. <laughs> but there's enough like comedy and uh, romance and stuff sprinkled throughout the movie and everything that it kind of mitigated that. But you I mean it starts as a downer, it ends as a real big downer. Uh, so. Yeah, as a personal preference, that's the only detriment to this movie. Yeah, I, I, I do like that they basically tell you at the very beginning. Yeah. And hey, look, <laughs> this still, ain't gonna be no happy ending. Yeah, and it's still it still managed to land it land with me anyway. Yeah. Uh, I was going back to this. I I always think about movies that are kind of bittersweet, um, and this is not that. <laughs> so yeah, it's a little too like you said, Alex. A little too much uh, Just tragedy. bitter. Bitter, mm-hmm. bitter. Yeah, just kind of bitter. Yeah. All right. Uh, my number seven, and I just got to get this out of the way. It's a musical, and that's just already, it's so hard for me. And I, I try to be open-minded. Like, I do watch these things. I just don't, it, it's, don't like them. <laughs> I won't not watch one. I'll try. Um, and that just has something going for it. And I, I, sorry, it's a musical for me. And therefore, it's really hard. And I try. I keep saying I try because I do. But <laughs> I just start. My eyes. Just, I, <laughs> I think it's a it's a problem. I should see the doctor because yeah, my eyes and ears are like, go. You just start losing all attention. I do, and I try not to. I guess you said I guess South Park I like, but I don't know because I'm stupid and it's cartoon, and I guess I get it. I don't know, but that's it. It's okay. I, I I'm still amazed that you even agreed to do this one, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah, like I said, well, I've seen it in the past, and I've seen, like I said, the last thing is that Les Miserables ruined me. <laughs> <laughs> when La La Land came out a couple years ago, I try and I couldn't even get past the part where they sing on the four hundred five, which is like the first 10 minutes, five minutes into the movie. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, like, oh, uh, funny funny story about uh, La La Land. Uh, my my mom and Moonrise my, Kingdom. And my my stepdad went to oh. went to see it, and 
he he had no idea it was going to be a musical. And there's like one point in the middle of the movie. It's goddamn son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> one point in the middle of that movie, there's like this big black dissolve. Um, as as they finish a scene, and he actually stood up to, and thought the movie was over. <laughs> and then, then, then went on to the next scene. And he said something like, "God damn it!" <laughs> to the whole theater and sat back down again. Yeah. Oh, did he get some laughs out of that? Oh, damn, it's not over. Probably. Yeah. Well, that's what with Les Mis, I kept waiting for them, like, okay, most musicals that I know, yeah, you have your singing numbers, but then you have your normal acting or talking. And that, that movie, it never, I kept waiting for it. I'm like, it's going to happen. It's gonna, Nope, okay, we're 45 minutes into this. No one has said a single word. Everything has been saying. <sighs> anyway, we're not talking about that. We're talking about this. Um, Alex, or Scott, number six. Uh, my number six is uh, something that might affect our top five later, uh, mm-hmm. and that is the early on the green fairy scene with uh, Kylie Minogue as the green fairy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I, I, I it's not on my my top seven here, but I really did enjoy Ewan McGregor's narration throughout the movie, and the and the accompanying typewriter as a framing device. Um, but yeah, he early on in the movie, he's given his first drink of absinthe. The way he says it is uh, kind of funny. But yeah, then he goes on this like hallucinogenic uh, mini musical number along with everybody else around him. And then yeah, the Green Fairy actually shows up and it's Kylie Minogue and she does this whole little dance number. And, uh, and then the, from there, the camera zooms in to the, to the Moulin Rouge. Uh, that That was the first point in the movie where I was like, Oh wow, this is not like I mean there's already some weird stuff going on, but uh that was the first point when I realized that oh this is gonna be something really different. Yeah. Uh, Green Fairy. And then Trivia, supposedly it's supposed to be the the final scream that the Green Fairy lets out as the camera zooming by is supposed to be Ozzy Osbourne. It's not hmm. the Wilhelm. <laughs> Instead of the Wilhelm, <laughs> it's it's the Osborne. Yeah. Uh I kept thinking of the the Euro trip when they're drinking the absinthe and the green fairy there. Yep. <laughs> well, I'm, sure, I'm sure we'll bullshit. be talking more about that later. <laughs> um, all right, Alex, number six. My number six is that this is a musical, kind of like Jeff. It kind of puts me off. But I thought that um, Baz Luhrmann weaved and all the performers weaved the modern take on the songs into the story well enough that it, it didn't take away from me. Uh, I compare this kind of to a, a newer movie, the the one, uh, the movie that was set in the '70s that had all the Beatles music, Beyond uh, the a, Universe, Across the Universe, Across the Universe, which is the Beatles. Yeah, that's the one, and uh, that one was, eh, it, it felt a lot, a lot of you know because they had to use the Beatles songs. A lot of those were shoehorned in and didn't really yeah. mesh together. Uh, in this one, it felt a lot more lateral, and it and it uh, um, it helped that all these characters were very eccentric and stuff, and they added like their own touches to the to the songs. Yeah, I think I think it was about fifty fifty of either just a direct take on a song, or taking different parts of songs versus original content. Mm-hmm. Like their take on Roxanne was, uh, I like that one. That was pretty yeah. awesome. <laughs> I, I, the first time I saw it, I laughed out loud, <laughs> which I don't think was the intention. Yeah, it wasn't, but yeah, I could see why. <laughs> All right. Um, 
My number six, and I'll get this last miserable thing out of the way, is is boring. And I don't think it was just because it was a musical. I had a hard time with it. And maybe, whatever, I just didn't, I, it was hard. That's <laughs> funny. Yeah. It directly contradicts something further down this for me. Uh, I'm, I'm sure it does. Like I said, it's just for me, it's not working. But, you know, I'm, I'm not arguing with you. I just think it's funny that, that we'll be a yeah. opposite sort of well, thing. Like I was gonna say, if a movie doesn't work for you, then it's gonna be different. If it does yeah, yeah, work, yeah. yeah, you'll get it. I just didn't get anything out of it, and I'm so sorry. Six, boring. Scott, number five. <laughs> yeah. So my number five. Uh, going back, a coaster of a movie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Two to force. Uh, my number five was uh, my my last of the. Uh, Musical numbers directly, anyway. Um, the the whole like a virgin uh, musical number <laughs> cracked me up the first time I saw it. I've seen the movie several times in between, and I'm watching it again to prepare for the podcast. Uh, it made me laugh again. Um, <laughs> That's good. Mo- most most of Jim, Jim Broadbent is is fucking great in this. Uh, well, more, a little bit more to say about that, but uh, there, there's one shot in particular. Like about halfway through the, the musical number, when he's running away from the Duke, and it's like this weird uh, angle where he's like in the top right of the screen, and he's got the, the tablecloth around his head, and he's like screaming as he's running away, like a virgin. <laughs> Just, <laughs> like I, I'm, I'm not doing it justice, but oh man, yeah, that's that, great. That's, that's, that's just, that still made me laugh. Uh, but yeah, the whole the whole number is just. So weird, like it's out of all the numbers, it might be the weirdest one. Um, at one point, uh, Richard Roxborough, who's, who's also great in this movie, um, like turns to Night the camera, Roxborough. yeah, he turns to the camera and like says one of his lines or sings one of his lines. It's just they, you know, they they constantly breaking convention, uh, with, with every one of these numbers. Uh, but yeah, the like, like a virgin, uh, number was, was very inventive, I thought, even though it was using a song that's already been created. All right, Alex, number five. My number five is the absence scene. Um, I like the way that it's all set up and everything. He's uh, Christian, Ian McGregor's character is like, oh, I don't, I'm not sure I'm part of this Bohemian Revolution. So I was like, oh, what do you believe in? It's like, oh, in love above all. That's great. Let's drink. <laughs> they have their first shot of absinthe, and I believe this is the first time that I learned about absinthe. And I didn't know what was going on. I was like, "What?" And then later on, it's like, "Oh no, yeah, it used to be back in the day. You used to hallucinate. You used to have hallucinations when you drank this stuff." And people said you saw a green fairy. I was like, "Oh man!" So years later, when I tried absinthe, I'm like, "This absinthe is bullshit." <laughs> yeah, absinthe. Newsflash, kids. Absinthe is gross. <laughs> yeah, it is not delicious. It's not or tasty. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it'll get you drunk. <laughs> Maybe if you like black licorice, if you're into that. Yeah. It's one of those. Yeah, yeah. You gotta put it with a, a sure cube and all right, that stuff. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> Some work. It's uh, not taste good. It was, <laughs> it was an awesome scene. It was very, uh, uh sets up. It, it's a good setup for what's to come in the movie, so. I like it. Alright, uh, my number five is, um, is... I have very colorful, even though I wouldn't say it's bright colorful, I, I did like the color palette of the movie. And that's something that stuck with me. And I don't know how, I wouldn't call it colorful, though. I don't know, I have, because I just have a very small vocabulary. Um, 
but the color, I'll say color palette of this, I did enjoy. That's something that I remembered when I was going to watch it again this time. I was like, that's one thing I do remember liking about it. And it was sticking out for me. And I still stand by that. So the way the cinematography, I guess, I'll say that. I don't know. <laughs> no, yeah. yeah, they definitely muted the palette where it, where it was needed and, right. and like overexposed and oversaturated some colors and stuff in certain scenes. Uh, yeah, I agree. So you see how with the colors, when it, when it's not in the past, it's like, yeah, more normal color tone. Or like Alex saying, washed out. Yeah. Um, yeah, then in the, the main part of it, though, especially in the early early end, everything's extremely vibrant. A lot of reds, a lot of bright reds. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Whoa. All right. Scott, number four. Number four is uh, Jim Broadbent in this. Uh, he he was great. I don't know if he was nominated for this. Not he should have been. To look back at my uh, trivia here, but anyway, uh, yeah, he's he's great in this uh, as as Harold Zedler Zedler. Mm-hmm. Um, in in terms, just uh, um, chewing on scenery, but at other points being um, almost menacing, at other points being caring, uh, exuberant. Um, and he, he gets to a lot of funny shit in this movie too. Uh, like early on when they're, they're doing the spectacular, spectacular number, um, before they start it. And she tells him that the Duke is here to invest. And he says, invest, invest. As he turns around to the camera, like, <laughs> yeah. just delivery on some of the stuff that he, that he had to do. Um, yeah. And just, uh, yeah, he was so good in this. Um, you know, only, uh, probably better than than the two stars overall, but uh, at least as a as a whole performance. Um, yeah, not much more to say about that. He he uh, became uh, instantly like somebody that if I know they're in the movie, that I'm like, oh, okay, like at least he's raising raising level of whatever he's in. Uh, right. You know, mo- mostly other people might remember him from uh, Hot Fuzz. I remember him from such things as <laughs> a great big gonna, bushy beard. Yeah, what else is he? I'm gonna look at his Jib Broadbent. You said, yeah, yeah. Uh, Game of Thrones. He was on. Who was he in Game of Thrones? He was the headmeister. Oh, okay. Just oh, that was. Just... Yeah, he's only on there for like one season for a few episodes. No, at the Citadel, right? You're talking yeah, about? at the Citadel, right? Yeah. yeah. Cool. All right, uh, Alex, number four. My number four is I love the cast of characters in this film. Uh, everybody's got their own uh, defining quirks, but the movie always uh, gives you like a deeper uh, than just a surface level. Like, oh, he's a narcoleptic, but he also has all these other traits and stuff. It's just like Ziedler. Uh, Scott talked about how deep his character was. And of course, Christian and uh, Satine and even the Duke, which I'll get. I'll talk about further later on, but everybody has a chance to shine in this movie. Uh, John Leguizamo was, <laughs> well, uh, he can be a bit much, but I think he was still used appropriately in this movie. Yeah. Can we talk about John Leguizamo? He's a side, side character. Sure, let's talk about, <laughs> and now a recurring segment in the Han Shot first. Let's yeah. talk about John Leguizamo. Yeah, why not? The uh, pest. Yeah, like what? I remember liking him as, but I forgot what I liked him in because I can't think of anything right now. Luigi Lu- Luigi Mario. Yeah, exactly. Come on. 
the fat clown from okay. Spawn. Spawn. Collateral damage. Collateral yeah. damage. <laughs> I actually love that bit part that he had in that <laughs> little cameo. Why is he in this? Yeah. That was awesome. One of the Living Dead movies. I forgot which one. Executive decision. Uh, <laughs> decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's in John Wick, but he's barely. That's probably his best role, but he's barely his in best it. Role. Oh, that was awesome. <laughs> what, uh, what what was the movie about dating a pyromaniac? I one of the bald ones in it. Eh, whatever. Nobody cares. Uh, backdraft. <laughs> yeah, that's that's actually a really good pull, Jeff. That's, uh, that different Baldwin, different pyro. No, I think it was the same Baldwin. <laughs> uh, Pyromaniac's love story. That was what it was. Oh, okay. Uh, which Baldwin? Was he in Predators? Yeah, it was. It was oh, same Baldwin. It's... Yeah, William Baldwin. Yeah, and he was in Predators. You're right, or one of those. Yeah, I don't know. I just I remember. And did he have a show or something? When we were kids too. Yeah, I just said House of Buggin. Oh, I thought it was like the John Leguizamo show. Okay. Yeah, whatever. I don't. I actually I like him, but I think only he's good in anything. <laughs> You didn't like him in The Pest? I don't remember The Pest. You didn't like him in Super Mario Brothers? I did not like him in Super Mario Brothers. Huh. Didn't like anything in Super Mario Brothers. All right. Uh, I think, so we're, are we done with John? Let's talk about it with John Leguizamo. Until next episode. Until next time. This was, let's talk about John Leguizamo. <laughs> All right. Uh, my number four is... So I guess it's not that I wasn't done bagging about musicals. So the romance in this, I just find it like okay, I can see this, but then it's it's, it's a musical romance, and I just can't get behind it because you're singing to each other, and I don't like it. <laughs> and so far, so I think what well, maybe you guys talked about you liked it, and I was like, eh, it's just so hard. So I like <laughs> I was this, I did like it, but then I didn't at the same time. It's just so hard for me. So I I did like the it's a plus I like the romance but you know I wouldn't compare it to like twins or, or Back to the Future. <laughs> I, okay. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. there it is. The romance I liked it, but it's a musical. <laughs> Scott number three. Okay. Uh, <laughs> number three is basically the opposite the of what you just said, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that I, I thought. Um, uh, Ewan McGregor and Nicole Kidman had fantastic chemistry in this movie, uh, despite having to mostly convey it through singing. Um, but in the scenes when they're not singing, uh, when it's, it's more, and it definitely veers into to melodrama, but uh, at points, um, they they I think they're, they're great together um, on on camera, um, and yeah, I really enjoyed uh, both of them as. Uh, uh, not just the, the acting performance they they turned in, but um, them as performers in this. Um, I obviously have no uh, real measure on you know who 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 was the best <laughs> like Broadway musical star or whatever. Uh, but but I think they're they're both very serviceable here, um, and surprisingly so. Like I didn't know the only thing I'd really seen Ewan McGregor in before this was like Train Spotting and uh, Phantom Menace. I'm like, oh wow, this guy's uh, really talented. Um, yeah, I think they they're just like, kind of like on the same footing too, which I think helps. 
I don't think either one of them like really blows anyone out of the water. Um, with, the, with the singing mm-hmm. or the dancing, really. Uh, so yeah, I just re- really enjoyed them together um, in this as as a romantic pairing. Okay, Alex, number three. Uh, speaking of Ian McGregor and Nicole Kidman, uh, your song is one of my favorite songs. Uh, and I love that whole scene, the way they did it, the way Christian is like kind of, <laughs> he doesn't know what to do. He's like very nervous and everything. So he's kind of whispering the first lines of the song until like he just goes for it and explodes and the whole city lights up. That whole, that whole scene is fantastic, which leads into like there uh, when they're being like, oh my gosh, I fall in love and it's a rich duke. He's like, I'm not a duke. He's like, what? Oh, that little twist at the end was great. Yeah, the uh, the Paris model they had, I really liked. Mm-hmm. They they used a few times for for these super wide shots. Yep. All right, my number three is Ewan McGregor. <laughs> uh, like I said, same thing with you, Scott. Like I saw Phantom Menace. I liked him. I found out, so I went back and watched Train Spotting, and then I think I saw this, or maybe I saw something in between, like that, because I didn't see this till a few years later. So I'm not exactly sure when, but I liked him. And as you mentioned earlier, the narration, I really dug that. Um, but I was thinking about it today. I haven't seen too many Ewan McGregor movies, like the Star <laughs> Wars movies. You haven't seen Michael Bay's The Island. I have seen The Island. Oh, I did see that. Uh, yeah, the Man like, Who Stare at Goats. Did not. Um, Big Fish? Oh, I have seen Big Fish. No, what's the Shallow Grave? That uh, was a good one. Uh, yeah, not too many other ones, though. But I like them. But I like that. I like that. Uh, yeah, Ian McGregor is very good as... Um, what was his name in this movie? Christian. Obi-Wan? Christian. Christian. Yes. <laughs> All right. Scott, number two. Um, my number two... Uh, Going back to to your number six, Jeff. So again, diametrically opposed to uh, the 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 editing and pacing in this movie. Um, it feels like it goes by really fast. Uh, at least at least for me, uh, you know, kind of like they just fire the movie out, uh, and uh, you just trying to catch up the whole time. Uh, yeah, there's really like no point in this movie where I felt like it slowed down at all. Uh, even even watching it again uh, for the I don't know how many times, um, and um, the the editing in this movie I wanted to talk a little bit about um, the, in conjunction with with the the pacing. Uh, a friend of mine uh, a long time ago um, called the editing of this movie masturbatory, and <laughs> it's it's really hard to argue that it's not. <laughs> yeah. There's so many quick cuts in this movie. Um, but at the same time, for for all the the quick cuts that could be considered, I don't know, too much. Um, there there's interesting um, edits going on. Um, they, they do like like a lot of weird shit, like that. I don't know, maybe somebody would even call hacky, like the like the little reverse camera, or they'll they use the the weird slow motion at times. Um, and yeah, it's just all over the place. Uh, but it, it keeps my attention span. I don't know how else to put it. Uh, maybe that speaks more to me than the actual skill and artistry <laughs> going on here. 
but yeah, I, I watching it again, I was surprised at how fast uh, it felt like watching it. And it's like two hours at least. Yeah. I was going to say, the editing I noticed too, but then I just don't know if that was the musical thing that I was... I have as a note, like, is this really weird editing or or fast editing or is this a musical and they just have to do that? Like, I know there's the one no. scene where the stuff's happening behind the stage and the guy's trying to shoot him or whatever. And it, it just it felt really weird to me watching that part. Where I was like, what the hell's going on? I would argue it was like a traditional musical that, that that's like a horrible thing to do. Because you're constantly taken away from the like the dance number that's going on. You know, it's it's almost like we we talk about with martial arts, yeah. How like the the like the Hong Kong or the the Chinese, uh, like way they film it. Versus Wide shots. How, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's kind of like that. You know, I, I I don't think that's like the way you actually want to go about filming most musicals. Okay. And maybe the one scene I'm talking about, because the one scene, it's like two things going on, right? It is the play, the stage play going on, and then behind the scenes stuff like that the audience doesn't see. I don't know. I just felt that was really weird. So yeah, I guess as you're saying, it's part of it. So, or it was, it's not normal for musicals. It was just part of this movie, this director's. Yeah, he, this is how he films shit too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for better or worse. All right, uh, Alex, number two. My number two is I like the Duke as a villain. He's such a perfect shit heel in this movie. He, he's a psychopath. He's dangerous, but he's also like so uh, just such a fucking dork. Is oh look a froggy while they're having an affair pretty much in front of him. What an ass! I do, I do like like the little like physical things like quirks that he has. Like he does yeah. it like two or three times in the movie. Where hold his hand up with his fingers splayed out, but like his coat jacket is too long, and he'll just kind of like circle his hand around, and he'll, he'll say something weird every time he does it. Like, uh, "I'm going to need to know the story," or uh, "Why would you choose the Maharaja?" Yeah, <laughs> over a penniless sitar player. And it's just like the way he's like waving his hand around. Like it's so weird, but it's funny. But yeah, mm-hmm. I agree, Alex. He's he's great. And he gets his comeuppance at the end. And then for revenge for this, he becomes Moriarty. Mm-hmm. And kills Sean Connery. All right. Uh, my number two <laughs> is the absent scene that you guys already talked about. Um, just because I think it reminded me. Cause, as I guess, do they copy, did your trip copy this? I don't know. Do you guys know? Eh, not really, but I mean, it's a well-known legend, I guess. I know, but fairy. having the actual green fairy and then like, the, you know, the cute Tinkerbell fairy <laughs> in this versus the, the just the fat dude or whatever in the other yeah, one. Yeah, no, I think I think it's, it, the whole thing is like a, like urban, urban myth or whatever you want to call right. it. I've always heard, I just, I guess maybe because yeah. I've only seen it on film in the other one, so that's what made me think about well, it. Well, like, yeah, they, they talk about like, a lot of it was like these painters and shit getting like lead off of their their oh yeah from their paints because yeah, they yeah. wanted to make a point on their brushes yeah. yeah yeah that was more likely to give people hallucination and then they would go drink absinthe they'd be like oh it's absinthe it's like it's, I think it's like that whole reefer madness thing I also heard it was big wine that spread the rumor that they were putting rat poison <laughs> it's very possible in, oh in absinthe in absinthe because it was becoming like the it was, it was catching up to wine as the most popular drink, so then wine started spreading mm. rumors about it. It's very possible. 
Yeah. It was underhand French. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Uh, number one, Scott. Uh, number one. Um, so there, there's a, a few shots in this movie that I, I absolutely love. Um, but I want to talk about one and, uh, and if we're, if we're talking about like cinematography, um, you know, it's, it's kind of a tough pull to think about, you know, shots that we love from movies. Um, but, uh, this, this one has one of my all time favorites. Um, and that is, um, in the scene, um, in the, in the, the third act when the, the Duke, um, after they finished their, their last rehearsal, before they're actually going to put on the show, the Duke demands that the ending be changed. Um, and the way that whole scene is set up um, is is amazing. Uh, you have the Duke um, standing way the hell away from the stage, all by himself in that chair, um, and he, he's on the hardwood floor, and behind him there's these big windows kind of uh, putting in light. Um, and then uh, ev- everybody's kind of like, trying to talk him down from changing the ending. Um, and Nicole Kidman's character is a teen um, steps up and starts talking about how, you know, they're treating the Duke appallingly and she starts walking down toward him. And there's this shot of, of her from behind, um, as she's walking down these steps towards the Duke, um, as he's like way, again, it's just a, a weird shot. Like, I don't think you would normally want to do something like this, like on paper. Um, but it absolutely works. And then, uh, just the, the way, the way she moves also is great. Um, uh, and just the, the way that they, they frame them both in the middle, um, where she's coming down from where she is to, to meet him. Um, and then the, the camera turns around again for one last shot um, and shows her walking away from the stage. Um, and again, it's this kind of wide shot. Um, and just, just her walking down the steps, like, it just looks so cool. Um, and she's got like half of a, like one of the actual outfits she's going to eventually wear for the show. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not doing this justice, um, but just as like a, a like a power thing um, to show how the Duke's alone um, and and how she's um, effectively giving up her power to, by coming down the steps and meeting him, um, and just all the the in the way that it's framed, it just looks so cool. Um, I before I start rambling anymore, I just uh, I kind of cut it off there. But if if anybody's watching this again, yeah, just the shot again. Uh, um, about three fourths of the way through the movie, is is amazing. You almost made me want to go back and rewatch that scene. <laughs> almost, almost. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll find a clip online and watch that scene. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Right. Just as good. Yeah. All right, Alex. Number one. My number one is that overall, this movie is a visual spectacle. From yeah, the masturbatory fast editing. To the use of uh, colors and cost- contrasting um, shades, um, the set pieces, uh, when stuff like uh, fired off in time with music, everything was visually stunning. Uh, not forgetting, you know, the the great costume work and set design that you know was put into this film. It's amazing. Yep. Yeah, I kind of agree. I mean, I guess I'd cover the colors mostly, but for me, but yeah, I think it is visually pretty good. All right, and my number one, you or I know Alex covered, it, I know Scott covered it. It is the ending, the sad. I don't like that either. I mean, <laughs> and something like this though, I kind of expect that just because these musicals always seem to be 
pretty sad. But this was, yeah. I mean, musicals through the ages, like uh, Singing in the Rain. Oh, my God, that one's a downer. I know. Of the ones that I've seen, (laughs) it hasn't been many. Is his wife drowned in the rain? Yeah. I knew it. Well, Uh, they they, they cut it out in the final version. But as he's swinging around the light pole, a truck comes around the corner and just basically plows into it. The sound of music. She she accidentally falls off the cliff and she's twirling around there. Yeah. It's like <laughs> a big landslide. Yeah, yeah. It's really sad. <laughs> like Ice T in uh, that one movie? Surviving the game. Yes, right. The game. I was going to say that. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I was thinking of 3,000 miles to Graceland, but all right. But yeah, sad, sad, it, sad, sad ending. Yeah, definitely, definitely landed with me. For sure. Yeah. 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 All right. You, you, uh, any uh, audible mentions? Uh, just one, one uh, interesting one, at least to me. Uh, in the the beginning, the other writer that leaves in a huff. That's Faramir from Lord of the Rings. Oh, I didn't notice it. Or the, the I don't remember his name from Three Hundred, but the, the guy that tells the story in Three Hundred as well. It's David Wenham. It's Cyclops. Cyclops. Yeah, because in 300, he ends up with one eye. Oh, yeah. But, oh, never mind. I'm thinking of, like, the Quasimodo dude. You're talk- I know you're talking about now. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Chance for <laughs> Fairmere of Gondor to show his quality. Yeah. All right, well, let's uh, rate it. We As usual, we rate on a scale of 1 to 7. 1 being crap, 7 being perfection. Scott! So I think this is actually a good uh, companion piece with uh, Endgame from last week uh, in that um, part of the reason I, I rated that one so high was because of the spectacle of it. Um, how, you know, I, I, I was saying that there really wasn't anything like Endgame. Uh, and it's kind of the same thing with this. Like, yeah, there's there's lots of musicals and um, you could argue that the actual music music in it isn't that great from a you know, original, we came up with music for its musical standpoint. Uh, but that said, I, I still haven't seen anything quite like it. Um, even watching it again, I thought I might not like it as much because I haven't seen it in a while. Uh, but that's not true. I still found myself laughing uh, and enjoying it and, and again, noticing how fast it was going by. Um, you know, I double-dipped on this movie um, with the DVD and then the eventual Blu-ray. Um, yeah, just for whatever reason, this really landed well for me. Um it's my, my favorite musical, which isn't saying much, I guess. Uh, but, yeah, I, I really do love this movie, um, and I'm going to give it a set. All right. Wow. Two weeks in a row. Alex. Uh, I like this movie, but mostly because of the downer ending. Uh, I'm going to give this a five. It's not a, you know, I can't watch this every once in a while. Maybe, like... Yeah, once every couple of years. But it's a five. It's a solid movie. I recommend it. Okay. Um, for me, I'm going to give it a three. Um, not the worst thing I've ever seen. Like I said, I'd put other musicals like Les Miserables below this. Uh, but it's just it's going to be very hard for musicals to get me to at least a four, I think. So there it is. Three for me. All right. Um. All right, what's our crossover topic, Scott? So, based on all the, the enjoyment of the Green Fairy scene, uh, we have our top five drinking scenes of 
of alcohol, although I guess it didn't necessarily have to be alcohol. Um, so, uh, my, my number five is uh, from a Star Trek movie, of all things. Um, that would be Star Trek First Contact, um, wherein uh, Marina Sirtis as Counselor Troy, um, they've, they've gone back in time, spoilers, and... Uh, Again? Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know. It happens like every... One, you got a one out of five chance of some kind of time travel shenanigans. Quantum mechanics. Mm-hmm. Uh, they 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 gone back to Earth in like the twenty one hundreds, and uh, they're trying to track down the guy that invented the first warp drive on Earth, and he turns out to be kind of an asshole. So they're trying to figure out what to do, and they leave her with this guy just to make sure he doesn't do anything stupid, and he winds up like getting her hammered uh, because you know. In, in the future, I guess, you don't really have alcohol anymore unless you get, like, illegal stuff from the Romulans. Uh, mm-hmm. And she... Um, yeah, she gets she gets slammed. And uh, it's just hilarious for me because I, I, I grew up watching Next Generation. Uh, watched something I watched with my dad. And uh, she was always, like, very kind of serious, I guess. Um, if, um, if upbeat... And uh, to see her act drunk, because you never see the Star Trek characters get drunk. Yeah. Um, and she starts going on this rant about time, but they don't have they don't have any time to talk about time because they're talking about time travel. Uh, it made me laugh. It stuck with me. Um, it was like pretty much the first thing I thought of when I was thinking about these drinking things. So, yep, number five, Star Trek: First Contact. That's funny. I don't remember that. Troy that's gets drunk. My, that's my favorite uh, Next Generation movie. And probably be in the top five Star Trek movies. I don't remember that, but it's been a while. And they went that far. Is it twenty first century? You said I, for, I I forget the the. It's like basically Earth's at this point in Earth history, they've already gone through like World War three or four or whatever. Okay, and so now everybody's just kind of like in these like loose like confederations. And this, okay. this guy, yeah, like they they don't have like teleporters or anything like close to that, or spaceships, really. Right. Okay. Alex. Uh, my number five is from Beer Fest, and that's the Das Boot scene at the end. Ah, damn it! I think of the movie. <laughs> you didn't think about Beer Fest where they drink all. I know, I know, I know. It's fantastic they don't know how they're gonna beat you know they challenge the germans to double or nothing at the very end when they first when they do their first challenge but this time they do all the everybody drinks their own boot (laughs) and they mess with the finky's yamaka he's like oh he's got the eye of the jew he's our anchor (laughs) great a great underdog story (laughs) we're not that drunk Cheeky bastards. Cheeky bastards. <laughs> All right, uh, my number five. Every scene from Beer Fest. We're going to do a top five Beer Fest thing. Yeah. Uh, the, you know, the ending, like you said, the very beginning. <laughs> yo, we just beat the Irish, so yeah, pretty good. Uh, <laughs> when landfill falls in the in the yeast, in the, in the beer and tries to drink his way out. Uh, oh, there's so many. When they, <laughs> the first time they drink their their beer from their great grandfather's recipe, and oh, it tastes so good! I want to freeze it and skate on it in the winter, and then when it melts, drink it. And I want to put my dick in it. I want to put its dick in me. And just... 
Yeah. Every drinking scene in that movie is my number five. Scott. All right. So my number four. Uh, four, sorry. Jeff already brought it up, but uh, Eurotrip. Uh, I'll, I'll let you guys talk about it a little more, but that shit is hilarious. It's not on my list, so you can talk yeah, about me either. It. Oh, okay. Well, in Eurotrip, <laughs> they they go. Where, where are they in, in the Czech Republic? Uh, Czech, no, uh, Romania, Bratislava, right? Bratislava. Yeah, okay. Bratislava. So they they go in uh, this, this Eastern European club, and the elder absent, and then they they see the green fairy, and uh, the twins make out with each other, which is hilarious. The worst twins, twins ever. ever. <laughs> yeah, the Green Fairy is, is not super hot Kylie Minogue. This is everyone. <laughs> Just some, some fat guy. It's kind of like surly fat guy. <laughs> what, what was the line, Jeff? I don't know. This Green, this green Fairy... Oh, it's this bullshit. Shit, I forgot what it is. Yeah. That but, shit. This absence is bullshit. That's right. This absence is bullshit. And from our episode Alex brought up, it's actually Kenny Banya from Seinfeld. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Yeah. I don't know. It was Eurotrip. When did the fairy get laid? What? That was at the very end of the movie. Like, come on, where, when does the fairy get laid? Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. All right, what's your number four? My number four is The Simpsons has a lot of really great drinking scenes, mostly from Homer. One from Lisa when she goes into Itchy Scratchy <laughs> Land and she drinks the water. Yeah. But one that's kind of overlooked and I really like. It's a short little scene where Homer's helping Lisa recycle. <laughs> and he's just drinking beer after beer so he can give Lisa cans. <laughs> he's like, oh, come on, Dad. If you drink another six-pack, I can make it to this much money. I'm sorry, honey. I don't think I can recycle anymore today. He's <laughs> got bags under his eyes. And he just passes out on the last beer. It was, uh, that one always cracks me up. Yeah, and was it Itchy and Scratchy Land or was it Duff Land? It was like Duff Gardens. Oh yeah, right? Duff Land. My bad. Yeah, that's like an early, early episode, right? It was like Patty and Selma take Bart and Lisa or something. All right, well, let's let's. Alex gave his oh. favorite Simpsons on this. Uh, what's what's your favorite, Jeff? <laughs> um, my favorite Simpsons. The well, the drinking thing. Yeah. Uh, put you on the spot. No, <laughs> there's a kiss so many with Homer. I'll just do the one where. Uh, two, sorry. Bart and Lisa are like riding their bikes throughout the house or whatever. I'm so and so. I'm so and so. Then Homer comes. I'm drunk and he crashes. <laughs> yeah. And then the flashback to Homer and Barney. <laughs> Let they crash their wagon. <laughs> Let us never drink again. <laughs> and we it's never did. did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Say mine is uh, Barney with the non-alcoholic champagne. It begins. That's great. Alright, uh Ron, my number four, and it would be the scene from The Shining when he go when he goes and drinks with Lloyd the bartender. It happens a couple times, but the first the, the creepy one. I guess they're all creepy. <laughs> I wish your family I'll give you a beer. <laughs> Wait, what do I get to kill my family to get a beer? Yeah, there you go. I guess I could that could be my Simpsons win too. I could have doubled up on it. <laughs> But yeah, uh, Jack getting a beer or getting a was he whiskey or scotch, whatever he's drinking from Lloyd. Ugh, so creepy, but I love it. And his, you know, alcoholism throughout the movie is kind of a thing. So mm. there it is. The Shinin 
Scott, number three. Number three, uh, you got to go all the way out to the Himalayas in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Ooh, that's... Oh, that's my number one. Yeah. That's my number two. All right, well, I'll, I'll let you guys talk about this more, but I, I love how this whole scene sets up uh, the character of Marion. Uh, and there's alcohol, so I'll let you guys talk mm-hmm. about it more. But yeah, it's not that, my number three is Raiders of the Lost Ark early on when, when they, they go to the... Whatever the hell, I guess the bar? The creature yeah. cantina TV, in yeah. Tatooine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Alex, number three. My number three is from Back to the Future 3, where Doc Brown is very depressed because he had to uh, break up with, uh, what's her face? Clara. Yeah. And he goes to the bar, he's like, a whiskey. Oh, now, Emmett, you know what happened New Year's Eve? is like, just give me the whiskey, okay? <laughs> and then when Marty's, like, looking for him the whole night, and then he finds him in the bar, and he's like, oh, he's just been talking about automobiles and running for fun. <laughs> he's like, how many has he had? Yeah, just the one. <laughs> he just likes holding it. <laughs> yeah, and he finally just drinks the shot, and he immediately just passes out. And they have to make wake-up juice to get him up. Uh, it's a hilarious scene. Yeah, and I would just say that my favorite part of that scene is that voice guy who... Oh, we're here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't even to do Run for fun. <laughs> yeah, it's that guy. He's like one of the bullets in Roger Rabbit. Yeah. I don't know. He's in a bunch of <laughs> <Yeah>. stuff. <laughs> um, all right. My number three is from Dumbo. <laughs> oh, damn, nice. Elephants on parade. Nightmare so fuel. Dumbo and Timothy are just trying to drink water, but they're accidentally drinking booze that's been leaking out from the circus tents into the water box and they get drunk. And you see pink elephants dancing, plaid ones. Pachyderm. It's such a fucking psychedelic scene. It is. It's fucked. I love it. That's in Fantasmic, and I think they kept it in the new Fantasmic, from what I've heard. I haven't seen it yet, but the old Fantasmic, they always had that scene, and I loved it. Um, So yeah, the dancing pink elephants from Dumbo. Scott number two. Number two is from uh, a more recent comedy, uh, Bridesmaids. Um, Are you you an appliance? (laughs) You're not even a man. Uh, uh, Kristen Wiig's character um, is, is a nervous flyer, um, and so another um, woman on the flight that that's in, in the party she's in, although they're in like first class, um, gives her like a like a Xanax or something. I forget what it was, but she mixes that with some booze, and uh, she goes off the rails. Uh, <laughs> she she keeps trying to sneak into first class. Um, she she puts favorite part is when she puts the the, the two fingers over her upper lip and <laughs> yeah. uh, what was the line? Uh, oh, finger saying assholes. Yeah, just <laughs> <laughs> basically saying that the flight attendant was was being a Nazi. Uh, yeah, just just her whole shtick about it. she keeps calling the guy Steve uh, Stove, um, <laughs> and then eventually gets them all kicked off of the plane. But uh, it's just on the strength of the the Afita saying. Uh, if nothing else, like cracking up. <laughs> As she just try to slyly sneak in, and she's got a pillow and everything. She's starting to sleep. 
flight attendant comes by, excuse me. It's like, oh, no thanks. I'm okay. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, I thought about this, but I kept it off because it's also, a, it's more drug. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I so that's why. That. It still counts. I'm going to allow this. Yeah. All right. Uh, Alex, number two. My number two is from Boondock Saints, where all the three guys, um, the, uh, the brothers and Rocco, are all happy about their first big kill that they had at the stripper club, and they're all drinking. And uh, <laughs> oh no, wait, this is after the hotel because they do the stripper club next. Anyways, they're all drinking and everything. They're getting hammered. It's like, dude, we could do this every day. And they're saying, all right, let's do it. It is done. And Rocco slams his hand on the table and the gun goes off. <laughs> and it, uh, the poor unsuspecting cat just gets shot in the face. <laughs> oh, man. One of the most horrific, hilarious scenes I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it just culminates with, I can't believe that fucking happened. <laughs> is it dead? <laughs> is it dead? <laughs> All right. Uh, my number two is Raiders of the Lost Raiders of the Lost Ark, the Marion scene, as Scott mentioned. But since it's already been taken, I will substitute for Inglorious Bastards. Okay. Oh, that's good. When they're down in the little drinking hall in Germany, and the whole we're playing the whatever game they're playing, and the shenanigans happens with the tri beers and all that stuff. Great, great. So it's such tension. That's the one thing that guy can do good. That whole movie is nothing but tension scenes, if, I'm, if I remember correctly. Yeah, the opening scene the, yeah. when they're in the restaurant was probably the worst. Yeah. It's like, does he know? Does he not know? Holy shit. Yeah, he orders her a milk. And yeah. Like, Fuck. So, um, yeah. Uh, specifically that one. Well, I guess I can do the first one if we're just doing drinking milk. But, yeah. Uh, there you go. But it's, it's really Raiders of Lost Ark. Right, Scott, number one. Okay. <laughs> number one is Team America. Uh, <laughs> Gary gets drunk in the bar, um, and the the music playing in the background. The what would you do if you were asked to give up your dreams for freedom? Freedom only costs a buck oh five. Like that whole song playing in the background yep. is hilarious. But yeah, he gets drunk, and the the guy in the bar tells him about um, three kinds of people in the world: how there's dicks, pussies, and assholes, and how. <laughs> uh, Dicks want to fuck assholes, or fuck fuck pussies. They can also fuck assholes, and assholes just want to shit over everything. Um, but the funniest part <laughs> in uh, the some I don't know semi amazing puppetry is he goes into the back alley and begins to vomit for like three minutes straight, <laughs> like just just seeing the whatever they were using for the vomit coming out of this this uh, marionette puppet's mouth. Oh, that's gross. Yeah, and like the points where it's like out, so it's just kind of like hissing out, like just like barely a spray. Uh, yeah. But he, but they still have him doing like the full on. Ah, uh, uh, shit! It's so fucking funny. Yeah, it holds up. You've given up on life, didn't you? <laughs> People yelling from their windows. Yeah, freaking great. All right, Alex, number one. My number one is Marion and Raiders. It's an awesome scene. 
And she takes a shot. And she's about to go down. So, people are already started changing money. Pastore, pastore. And then she turns her cup upside down. Oh, everybody just oh, the whole crowd gets a it's a hip crowd <laughs> over in Nepal. And then the <laughs> the guy just takes one more shot, puts his cup down, and starts smiling, and it just creaks over. And Marion wins the whole caboodle. It's awesome. Yeah, and then a whole action scene breaks out, and she's not even. She's fine. It's the adrenaline that kicks in. Yeah, at one point a bullet hole goes through a keg and she's just drinking out of it. Remember that? <laughs> it's clearly an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Whiskey. It's good because now you know you can hold her liquor. Later it becomes important. Mm. It does. All right. My number one is Jaws. Yeah. When they're on the- damn it. Oh, damn. I did think <laughs> of that one at first. Shit. <laughs> ah, I forgot shit, to put it on this one. Shit. Again. Oh, well. Um, yeah, when they're on the boat uh, after their first encounter with the shark, and they're just sitting there and telling the shark war stories, uh, it's awesome. Here's to swim in with bow legged women. Yeah, got this one, chief. Got in the bar fight, arm wrestling match. This one, I don't know. I don't know them all, but it's great. <laughs> and they're actually like getting drunk in real life. That's the best part. Yeah, at least he was. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I remember Chavez. He was rehearsing for that scene uh, <laughs> all day. His entire life. Uh, yeah, there's actually a thing where he... Uh, maybe... He was. He was trying to get drunk for that scene. I mean, I guess he was he was drunk all the time. But he was trying to get into role, but he was so bad he couldn't do anything. And he came back. He like begged... Spielberg to redo it and he's like you better better come back sober so if you I guess if you watch it it's a mixture between him being completely shit faced and (laughs) him being sober Um, alright that's my uh, list I have a couple honorable mentions Um, do you guys have any Uh, Jaws (laughs) (laughs) I had uh, Return I think it's Return of the King it's when Gimli's teaching Legolas how to drink and I just thought that was kind of funny. Legolas, oh, I'm finally feeling something tingling in my fingers, and yeah. Gimli just falls over. Yeah, that, that same that same scene, I actually did think of something. Uh, was when uh, Theoden raises his cup to to toast and says, "Hail the victorious dead!" And you see everybody go hail, and they drink. And you see Aragorn; he takes like a few seconds to do it because, like, he's actually got to go through like everybody that's fucking died because he's so old. I thought that was a great little beat. Oh, yeah. He can't just drink because he's actually got to stop there for a second. Well, what about Legolas? Who's older? Oh, well, we don't see Legolas cheering, so. <laughs> okay. He might have. Who knows? Um, and then I have. Still, he's probably he's seen, he's probably seen a lot less death than, than Aragorn has. Yeah, probably. Mm. I mean, he was, although he was in The Hobbit, so. Mm, that is Ooh. true. <laughs> Damn it. Um, I have Goodfellas, the 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 shine box yeah. scene. Yep. Just go get your fucking shine box. And then in Tombstone, uh, well, there's a couple of them, but the one basically when, uh, with Doc Holliday and uh, whatever his Ringo. face is, and Ringo and flipping the cup around and all that. So I I Quadris, speaking loud. Yeah. In vino veritas. Magister. No, we don't want any trouble in any language. Yeah. <laughs> Ringo's here. It's no. an educated man. 
<laughs> now I really hate him. Yeah. And then uh, he throws uh, what's his face throws the money in the air. Drinks are on me. Shut up, back. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's it. Then it's time for Alex knows sports. I'm Alex, and I like sports. Sports ball. So something pretty damn unprecedented happened at the Kentucky Derby. Oh yeah, a dog one. That's right. No, no. They use mechanical horses. Nope. I guess it hasn't happened in over a hundred years, but a horse that won first place got disqualified. What? Maximum security, I guess, got disqualified for drifting into the path of another horse, who in turn drifted into the path of another horse, and so on and so forth. So all these horses got interrupted, and the judges ruled that this is the only reason why uh, Maximum Security won. So they ended up giving the uh, the first place... To Lasty? To... <laughs> Almost. It's, you have Maximum Security. It's strong horse name. They gave it to a horse called Country House. And he was a 65 to 1 shot. So if anybody Holy bought tickets shit. for... Yeah, to, to, for a country house. I hope you didn't rip up that ticket immediately. <laughs> I was going to say the same thing. Man, this, this got to be like people raising all kinds of hell about this. Mm-hmm. Well, in that in the horse racing community, anyway. <laughs> I don't think it's like riding in the streets. But would they disqualify the horse? Did they play goodbye horses? <laughs> or goodbye horse? I guess. Or, I don't know. Do they, do they just take it <laughs> immediately? Like. Out back and just straight to the glue factory, and mm-hmm. tuck their junk behind their legs. I'd race me. <laughs> I'd race. <laughs> Doesn't make sense, but I laugh. But yeah, uh, un- unprecedented. Is that the name of the horse? No. <laughs> uh, that should be. I bet there has been. All right. Who? Uh, wait. What's your favorite horse name? Mine's Hoof Hearted. <laughs> That's pretty strong. I don't know how I can top that. Yeah. Can't beat that. Uh, Bob. Bob. <laughs> just Bob? Just Bob. Not Bob Gun. Nope, just Bob. Bob no. Blah Blah's Blah Blog. All right, it's time for Nim News. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was yeah. Okay, so uh, just quick update on Endgame. Uh, in case somebody was worried after last week that it might tail off. Uh, not really. So I think by by Monday it will have made two billion. So it kind of puts in perspective the stories that I that I a couple of stories that I read about how uh, Robert Downey Jr. I paid seventy million for this. That's like a drop in the bucket if you're going to make two billion. Yeah, it's like yep, do, do what you got to do. Uh, it, again, it's all credit to the MCU machine here for realizing that hey the. This whole thing is like character driven and star driven, so let's just keep that going. If Robert Engineer wants seventy million dollars, so be it. Um, and there it is. Um, so moving off of Marvel here, big surprise. Uh, just a, a couple of uh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, it's, I'm looking at box office mojo right now. It's already second all time. <laughs> okay, I I didn't actually worldwide. Anyway. Okay, okay. It's two point one. Eight, almost two point two, and Avatar is two point, almost two point eight. Wow, damn, Jesus! I know the theater. So it passed Titanic already. 
So I on my weekly trip to, to Wingstop near my house, uh, which is in the same parking lot as the movie theater, um, it was still the movie. The parking lot was packed still. Um, so yeah, two weeks in a row, that at the very least. I've seen it three times. Better every time. Damn. No. But, <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah, and at the end. Whoa. Spoiler! Oh, shit! I, we should wow. Wow. Scott, can you remember to cancel that out? Uh, I forgot. People may skip one and not that. Let me let me <laughs> let me put a note down here about this. Yeah. You know, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that, Jeff. Uh, there, there was something you guys were busting my balls for the the other day. Um. About uh, like in the middle of the podcast, I said something about like in case you're joining us in the middle, like blah 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 spoilers or something. And then uh, somebody who listened to the podcast told me that they jumped in at that exact point. Why would they do that? Though? I don't know. <laughs> but the point is, well, the, the larger point, the more important point, is that I was right for doing that. So every time we say something, we got this nice spoiler I think alert. so, basically, yes. Ah, yeah. Sorry, friend of Scott. <laughs> um, Son of Odin. Yeah. Oh, uh, I'll, I'll tell you something else another friend said to me. Uh, uh, about some uh, behind-the-stage stuff going on here. But anyways... Uh, um, what were we talking about again? Endgame. Endgame. Oh, yeah, being a better or worse. Okay. So. Yeah, it was just as good. I, I still got hyped up for the the great scenes and not hyped up. I mean, it was... Uh, whatever. I don't want to talk about it because I might spoil stuff. It was good. <laughs> all right. Um, so, yeah. Endgame making all of the money. Mm-hmm. Um, all of the money. So, just uh, a couple of um, reviews here. Things that I saw. Um, I I watched Ocean's Eight. Uh, I like that movie. It was okay. It it was yeah. definitely missing a lot of the the kind of cool factor that the uh, the the other Ocean's movies did. The well the the Soderbergh ones. The the first Ocean's Eleven is nigh unwatchable. But uh, <laughs> yeah, there's, yeah, they did some they had some weird choices for this movie. Uh, where the the main character, um, Sandra Bullock's character, uh, is she's kind of petty and vindictive, and uh, I did not enjoy that. Like if as as an Ocean's movie, it was fine for like a heist movie or whatever, but it was clearly supposed to be in the same vein as that. Um, it was a it was a little weird. Uh, the kind of ragtag thing they have going was fun, but like for the most part, the people in the the first Ocean's Eleven, they're like career criminals. Or this one, spoilers, that a lot of people they recruit for their heist aren't like that. It's basically just like the first two. Um, and, they, and they get a super hacker where, you know, computers are magical. But that's mm-hmm. that's every Ocean's movie that where they're doing that shit, so I can't really complain too much about that. Uh, anyways, yes, I'd, I'd say that movie was okay. Uh, I don't know how much money it made, so I don't know if we'll get a chance to see something maybe better. I mean, it's still had a good cast. Um, I always like uh, Sarah Paulson. Um, and she was good in this. Her name is Sarah Paulson. Her name is Sarah Paulson. Um, there's that. Um, I tried watching Pitch Perfect 3. Uh, I enjoyed the first Pitch Perfect. Not so much with the second one. Uh, but uh, thanks to me getting HBO Go because of Game of Thrones, uh, I figured I would check, check out what was there. And they have their What's Leaving This Month section for last month. And 
Yeah, I could not get through it. I I I love Anna Kendrick, but not not that much. <laughs> not enough to sit through that. Mm. So that's that's where we are with that. Um, yeah, that's that's basically all I wanted to talk about. Uh, Alex, anything you wanted to mention? Nope, I'm good. All right, Jeff. Uh, yeah. Um. Disneyland related. I got my reservation for Galaxy's Edge Star Wars. When are we going? Cool. Yeah, I don't know. When are you going? Oh, uh, yeah. I got it for that. That was a trip. You had they announced it like two hours before that was available. Like, okay, this is what you have to do, and then started at ten o'clock. You either go on this website. It's kind of like buying concert tickets or whatever. And got through and going on the first Monday, so like the day day four, I think, of it being available. So. Nice. so, so did you have to get? Is that is like part and parcel with a hotel reservation, or just you just no, have to get a reservation separate. just straight up for that? Yeah, so the hotel reservation they already had their pick. People had hotels, and now okay. it's open to the general public, and so okay. and all this is is a reservation. Like you still have to have a pass or you buy your ticket for that day and whatever. Right? Yes, yeah, so you still have to get in the park somehow. Yeah, yeah, you still have to get yeah. in the park, and then you get a four hour window. I heard. So, I heard there was a secret entrance. Yeah, you go through Twin Lakes. Yeah, really. How'd you know? <laughs> you come up right under. Uh, you go into a trash compactor and then come up no, uh, no, no. into the Falcon. I'm sure if you go like anywhere along West, you can just hop the fence there. No problem. Yeah. Oh yeah, I should try that out. <laughs> um, well, it's funny is that yeah, Twin Lakes used to ent- exit into the Big Thunder Ranch, right? The Big Thunder Barbecue area. That was the rumor, anyway. Well, which is now Star it's Wars even Land. Yeah, we'll see what happens. But yeah, you get your reservation for four hours. I don't know how they're gonna like get people out, get people in because it's like time <laughs> slots. It's not like it's overlapping hours. It's like okay, you have from eight a.m. to noon, and then you have from noon to four, and you have from four to eight, and then eight to midnight. And I don't know how they're gonna do this. What, what I'm hearing from you, Jeff, is I don't know how they're gonna make me leave. No, <laughs> we got the last. We're going from eight p.m. to midnight, so I'll be willing to go home by that. I think, but uh, yeah. So I'll report on it. Cool. So this is in June, May, June, yeah, early June. 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 It opens May thirty first, and I think ours is the third. Or oh 4th. wow, that's that's uh, coming up here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. Um, Alex, did you guys get yours too, or no? Uh, we're still uh, waiting on what day Leah wants to go. Okay. So you get for for working there, they get you guys get special stuff or. Uh, you know what? I'm not. Allowed, I'm not. I don't know if okay. I'm allowed to say. <laughs> all right, that's good. Don't say anything. Um, all right. Well, yeah, hopefully, both of us go by the time we record that week, and we can both talk about it. Uh, yeah. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Sorry, Scott. Uh, you don't even like Star Wars. You said so. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but well, we just. But I want to be a part of things. <laughs> uh, but that, that's all I got. So, uh, okay. anything else? Nope. I only speak the truth. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. We at Hans Shop First would like to thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. We would love to hear from you, so feel free to contact us on Facebook and Twitter at Hans Shop First. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are greatly appreciated and help us get more exposure. Once again, thanks for listening and supporting the podcast.